The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. One Sabbath, when Jesus went to dine at the house of a ruler who belonged to the Pharisees, they were watching him. Now he told a parable to those who were invited when he marked how they chose the places of honor, saying to them, when you are invited by anyone to a marriage feast, do not sit down in a place of honor, lest a more eminent man than you be invited by him. And he who invited you both will come and say to you, give place to this man. And then you will begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, go up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted. He said also to the man who had invited him, when you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your kinsmen or rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. You will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. The Gospel of the Lord. So we're definitely in the season, if you will, um, during the readings at the masses during the week and also on Sundays. Um, where the Lord is shifting the focus of his disciples to the goal, to the kingdom. And he's spoken all of these beautiful parables of the kingdom, and he's related all the different layers in which the kingdom can be pondered and thought about, but most especially, as we've seen, in terms of a marriage feast, because at the, the fundamental mystery, the fundamental uh, point and purpose and, and, and the truth of the kingdom of God it, uh, is that it is established upon relationships of love, the love of God himself. And so what he is doing with his disciples is he is shifting their focus to the final end, to the goal. A goal is important for every life, but it is also important to have the right goal because a goal and the perception of meaning in life are closely tied together. When I have a final goal, a final end, then the actions that I take in this life take on a very particular type of meaning, and they are meaningful in as much as they are moving me towards the desired goal, the goal that I want. But it's important to fix in our heart the right goal, the right thing to desire. We are made for so much more than any temporary goal. There is in our souls a sense of the eternal. There is in our souls a desire for truth that extends beyond simply the truths that we acquire step by step in this life. 
The more that we come to know truth, the more we come to understand that it is one. The more also that we receive love, the more that we desire it. We are made for this infinite truth and this infinite love. And it is this that is the very essence of that fundamental marriage banquet of heaven, the enjoyment of God, who is truth and who is love. And having this goal, the goal of God himself in our life, that is what gives right meaning to all of our actions. It helps to guide everything that we do. It helps to guide the things that we should do, the things that we shouldn't. It also helps to dispose us rightly so that we prepare ourselves as we should for something that is so sublime and so beautiful, so that when the time comes, we are not found unworthy of the thing that we have desired our whole life. And so what the Lord is showing in this parable when he sits amongst the Pharisees who have invited him to dine with them, not for the purpose of any love or any concern that they have for him, but it says simply to watch him. There is this wickedness in their heart, a wickedness that is also mixed with the hypocrisy that we have seen in recent readings. It is an hypocrisy by which, as we've seen, other people are simply props on the stage of their own self-elevation. They have no love for others, only in as much as others can lift them up to places of being exalted in the eyes of people. And so what the Lord is doing as he looks around at this feast that he has been invited to, and he sees them all clamoring to take the higher seats, to exalt themselves and to be exalted in the eyes of others, what he does is he speaks to this root of pride, this root of ambition that can creep into the soul, and he tugs on it so that he might uproot it, that he might pull it out so that they might be more worthy of the final feast, the final banquet of God himself, where we feast on his truth and his love. And so he says to them, if any of you are invited, do not seek those places of honor, but rather seek the lower place. Of all things that are incompatible with the love of God, pride sits at the pinnacle, and all of the roots that pride can take in the heart. Pride is the thing that must be ripped out of the soul and must be replaced with the opposing virtue of humility. And so as the Lord tugs on this root, if you will, of pride in their souls, telling them not to use other people simply, simply to get above them, but to have the humility, to love others, to speak the truth, and to live in the truth. Not to seek that self-elevation or to bestow honor upon ourselves. Honor bestowed upon ourselves is no honor at all. Honor is only honor when it is given us from others because they think that we deserve it. That's honor. To bestow it upon ourselves is like creating the trophy and then giving it to ourselves whenever we do anything. It has such a ridiculous sense to it and we can see why the Lord detests it so much. It is so false. And so what the Lord is encouraging here is that movement from pride to humility and that the humble soul is called the friend of God. 
When he comes to the wedding feast and he finds the one who has chosen the lowest place, he says to them, friend, because the humble are truly his friends. We see in the way that God comes to us in the incarnation. He doesn't come in a blazing fire of all of his glory. He doesn't overwhelm us with his power. He comes as a child in a cave in Bethlehem. When he wins for us our salvation, he doesn't do it with a mighty army behind him, overwhelming us again with his power and majesty. He dies humbly on a cross in love. When he continues to come to us through the mystery of the Blessed Sacrament, again, it is not to overwhelm us with his power, but he comes to us humbly under the form of bread and wine. It is the humble, loving God that we serve, and he calls us to be both humble and loving, and in that we are truly called his friends. Amen.